This is the Formation Lab. Welcome one, welcome all to the Cine S's of the podcast world. We're talking about the Formation Lab right here in the 101 ESPN studio. I'm going to speak my best Portuguese and say me llamo Luke. And this guy's Yamo is Tim. Tim, my partner in crime, sitting across from me. How are you doing, Tim? I am great, sir. And I was almost not paying attention because I'm so used to you uh, bungling the first go around <laughs> that you you actually crushed this one, and I almost lost it. I was like, wait, what? I like how I I like how I said I'm going to speak Portuguese and then spoke Spanish, and that went over your head. But the fact that I didn't screw no, up again, not paying attention <laughs> the fact at that you- all, figuring you'll be like, oh. And then, yeah, you know, delete, delete, delete. It's it's true, though. Um, you guys don't actually hear this on the other side, but we do. I mean, just like the opening, what, 30 seconds is all? Something is, like that, yeah. Eventually, we'll put a super cut together. Yeah. And, and just release that as our thing. Right. And, like, I, I never think of the intro, like, you know, this is the, you know, Antiques Roadshow of this is the, you know, Fergie of podcasts. I don't think of those ahead of time. So, like, I'm like, while I'm saying three, two, one, here we go. I have to think of that, and then I bungle it, and then I do, you know, I record that again. But, uh, yeah, so uh, we we nailed it this time. And you know who else nailed it? The city of Sao Paulo, because what a Brazilian Grand Prix that was. That was a lazy— We we always look forward to (laughs) Sao Paulo. Um, It's the last good race of the season. It always is. is. It always is, and— you know, uh, here's the thing, though, is that it not only sets the stage just naturally right. as a trek. It has drama. It is just a perfect setting. But it also made a strong argument for the sprint race. It really did. It really did. And not only did it make a state, uh, you know, a statement on track, it made a statement off track because this was one of those. I mean, this was one of those classic F5 refresh the page weekends. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is F1 at its most F1. This is, as Graham Rahal would say, F1 has mastered the sport of reality TV. And by God, did it ever. Yes, it did. I, I mean, do we begin at the beginning, kind of do a David Copperfield on it? Uh, Yeah, let's start at the beginning, beginning. Okay. Uh, so let's start rewind with... Rewind the clock. Rewind the clock back to Friday. And by beginning, beginning, I mean the first round of qualification. I expected... I think Red Bull to be good this weekend. I expected them to to really lock it up here. I yeah, I expected the door to be shut because I mean the last two years running, I mean it was yeah it was I think it was 2019 where we saw uh, Pierre Gasly with a Honda powered Alpha Tauri out leg Lewis on the straight and you know and it, you beat straight up you beat a Mercedes in a drag race period. So I expected Honda Power to be really, really good. Sao Paulo is at altitude, so it does stand to reason that the Mercedes would overheat, yeah. um, you know, and get some bashing to it. But uh, it, that that's not totally what took place. No. And there were some other shenanigans. Well, yeah. So, I mean, you come into Brazil. Brazil's a very downforce-heavy track, and as we know, that's kind of where the strength of Red Bulls uh, historically has been is in these downforce-heavy tracks. I'm looking at—I'm not really sure— um, what this list is based off of, but on, on like a scale of like one to five, one being power and uh, five being downforce. It is basically the, the level below Monaco in Singapore, right? Like it yeah. is very downforce heavy. And not only that, but you think going into this weekend, hey, Honda's got the dominant engine in F1, and usually the dominant engine is the dominant team, right? You don't win without having the dominant engine unless you have a ridiculously strong aero component. But the right. engine's the most common indicator of championship potential correct 
that all kind of changed when we started to look at qualifying, although it didn't become super apparent until post-qualifying, because Mercedes came in with a new engine, and I was a little surprised at this. I'm not going to lie, but however, looking back, I'll explain later why it totally makes sense. This this whole uh, Mercedes engine coming out of nowhere and dropping a people's elbow on the field. Right. I have a theory, and I think it holds a lot of water. I think it's more than just a theory, um, and I, it makes total sense why that happened without shenanigans being involved. Lewis Hamilton comes in Q3 and sets a qualifying time that is, I mean, sheesh. Yeah, uh, 107.93 to to Max Verstappen's 108.37 in Q3. So that's a little, uh, it's around four tenths, right? Yeah, that's a lot. Um, It's a lot, but that's where the drama starts, right? Because the DRS mechanism, which for those of you who are new to the sport or maybe Drive to Survive fans or maybe you just watched this for the first time because this is one of the few races that are in acceptable time zones for Americans, this in the last two. Uh, that is a system that allows the wing to open, right? Well, it's very specific that that wing can open 85 millimeters. Only a certain amount. Now, Correct. I believe about an hour before qualification happened, which is very coy because that's not enough time to go, hey, you're under investigation, and then Mercedes go, ooh, let me fix it. Uh, Red Bull complained that they think that... That's a pro move on their part. (laughs) They really did. They are really good at that. They said, hey, I think Mercedes might open like 85, I think the number is 85.4 millimeters, so 0.4 millimeters too much, which my question is, if you can't go into the opponent's garage or whatever, how did you find out 0.4 millimeters? You can't eyeball 0.4 millimeters. That well, is you, wildly impressive. Yeah. Wild. What I'm willing to bet is they had something along the lines of like a rangefinder or... You, you, or a re, yeah, and a really good photo. A really good photo, yeah. right. Something like that because they, they, they had to be looking for it because you're not just going to notice that. You're going to be monitoring that, right? Correct. Um, you need to know ahead of time that that could be something because it's not going to pass you on the front stretch and go, but th- that appears to be 0.4 too many millimeters as it passes by at 200 mile an hour. Uh, and it's definitely not going to be seen like that by Helmut Marco. No. <laughs> Does that mean? That's a little mean. No. Anyway. So you can be as mean as he wants, as you want, all right? He's named after a piece of safety equipment. He, he, can, he can withstand he's, it. Yeah, he's not going to see that 0.4 millimeters. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that turned into an issue because as the cars were parked in Park for May. Which means you can't touch anything. No, nothing can be touched. By the teams, by the other teams, nothing. Nothing. Um, well, with exceptions. So in Park for May after the race, you know, we know that our – Our pal, friend of the show, Sebastian Vettel, has been known to literally kick tires. Right. um, And roll the car a little bit. And be Inspector Seb, but he doesn't really touch wings. Doesn't touch wings. That's different from what Max did. Max comes out of the car right after qualification, touches his own wing. Touches, correct. He touches his own wing, and then he goes and he touches Lewis's wing. This is a no-no. It's a no-no, and I agree. Many people are saying... Our Mercedes, because the investigation starts immediately into Mercedes' illegal rear wing. They say, oh, blah, 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 and it goes overnight because then Max Verstappen is called in to testify in the morning, and we still don't know if, what the punishment for Mercedes is going to be. Now, when they pull in Max Verstappen, people got on Chris Medland, which I will get on the F1 fan base and their recent turn towards uh, toxicity later. But uh, yeah. but uh, they got we, on Chris we, Medlin. We've been on him for a little bit, though. It's getting a little bit too much. Yeah. Not just a little bit. It's, it's too it's much. It's a lot of it. Uh, anyway, but uh, they got on Chris Medlin. 
he can't. He couldn't have done anything. It it's with it's built to withstand how many ever like literally thousands of pounds of downforce. That's right? not the point. The point is is exactly the point is is that they are under part for me because those cars should the need for investigation arise are basically evidence. Right. Mm. Let's look at it as the other use of evidence, which would be like you know criminal law. Right. And I know this is murder is not the same as cheating an F one. But roll with me here, right? Correct. Max Verstappen knows that this car is going to be, and especially that wing, is going to be a critical piece of evidence. His own team told him that, right. uh, both over the radio and presumably before, uh, because you know they were the ones who lodged the complaint. So he knows that this is a critical piece of evidence, and he just goes up and touches it. That, yeah, you can't that is just like touch going something. up, right? You can't just touch something. That is exactly like going into a, an investigation and touching something. And it's you know the 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 justification. Well, he couldn't have done anything. Okay, cool. Well, I walked armed into an airport and security confiscates my gun. Guess what? You know, oh, I couldn't have done anything. Well, you could have, and that's not the point. Well, and the point too. There's another point. And you're to- still in trouble, right? Right. And, well, and because it sours the investigation in and of itself, right? Any good defense lawyer will tell you, like, oh, if we can get a piece of evidence thrown out, it's as easy as proving that it was mishandled. Well, you know, if, if somebody's murdered and the knife is like this murder weapon, right? Mm-hmm. Some Joe Schmo cannot just walk into the police and, and just handle the knife. Well, but he couldn't have murdered the. Pro- That's not the problem. The problem is this evidence. Now has a third third party have handled it, right? Correct. Um, By the way, we should never be on a true crime podcast of any kind. No. We are terrible. Heck no. Um, But I think the other thing, too, is that just because Max touched it, right, Um, and he just because he couldn't have done anything to it is an incredibly poor standard to set for not punishing it. Now, I thought Max's punishment was justified right I, and i agree for the record both him and i agree that there is no way he made that wing illegal or Ill, legal or illegal right like he right. didn't alter it uh the fact of the matter is you just you 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 all you could it. have you could have right it's not it's not if you did it's it, the opportunity was there and you you did touch mm-hmm. you know it's like you're you're in charlie in the cho- willy wonk in the chocolate factory it's not like you know you touch the walls oh nothing happened yeah it did you touched yeah. It's, not, you're, it's a no-no. And also, just because something couldn't have happened is a stupidly low bar to set, right? Exactly. Let's use everybody's favorite team that likes to be a little uh, ingenu- ingenuity, use a little, some ingenuity with the rules. Let's use Ferrari as an example, right? There we go. Ferrari. Another it, Red Bull victim. If if Red Bull, right, if Red Bull can get away, if Max can get away with touching the car because he reasonably couldn't have done anything, Ferrari can then go, oh, so we can touch McLaren's car. And as long as there's no really realistic way we could have done anything, we can get away with it. Right. So then the objective becomes, well, what's the littlest, most innocuous thing we can do to fuck up somebody's car? And I'm hitting F8. Correct. (laughs) It was you this time. It was me this time. Oh, my God. I'm so happy right now. But you get what I'm saying, though. Allowing a team to touch another team's car is a no-no because it just opens up a field day to find ingenious ways to cheat. It is a hard and fast rule for a reason. You know, it's it's one of those things where, okay, cool, yeah, he just touched it. You never know what could have been on his gloves if he puts, you know, some kind of compound on there and all of a sudden they're not, you know, going as quickly. And we're not making that accusation of no, Max. We're saying that saying, it's a hard and fast rule because the, these, these things, things can could happen. happen. And, you know, you know, hey, who knows? You could, do, you could do a whole wide range of things if you're allowed to touch your competitor's car. Yeah. Period. 
And it needs to be a hard and fast rule because, yes, we do have teams. We do have people who will look for anything to win. They are at the top level of their sport. Part of what we love is the acceptance and willingness to totally cheat when given the opportunity. Right. That's I, part of the appeal. It, and Luke and I are willing to bet a good amount of money that a decent portion of all of their budgets goes toward cheating. Yes. We know this happens on a professional We've level. We've talked to people off the podcast who haven't been on the podcast who tell stories of trying to cheat. Right. And you know, and just how many resources go toward it and how much effort goes toward that. So to stand, sit here and say, well, he couldn't have done anything that bad is just the dumbest possible argument. You need to have a hard and fast rule here. You touch someone else's body work, you're done. Yeah. You're fined $50,000. Now, it can be made fun of and teased yes. like, I don't know, one Sebastian Vettel uh, after the race who said, you know, oh, I'm going to go touch a touch Max's car here. And no, no, too expensive. Uh, maybe I'll touch the front wing. Maybe it'll be <laughs> yeah. half as much. Hilarious. Uh, that being said, we've got on Max. We've got on Red Bull. Let's get on Lewis for a second because that wing was definitely illegal, right? I- <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was, it was illegal. It was illegal, obviously. Um, that being said, uh, I loved all of the Twitter, Reddit. Any, any site nowadays is just either bleep Lewis and Mercedes cheated their way to a win, which they didn't. They had a legal wing for the sprint. For the race itself. Yeah, yeah. for the race and sprint itself. Whatever, right? Uh, if they had no wing, they would have qualified for the same place as they did for the race, for the right. sprint. So, yeah. Um, or or screw Max and screw Red Bull and Christian Horner. They're trying to litigate their way to a win. And it's like, dude, that okay. One, litigating your way to a win is many still times a win. many times how you win in Formula One. Right, it's still a win. If we want to watch a racing sport for pure racing entertainment, what do we watch, Tim? IndyCar. If we want to watch drama on the highest level, what do we watch? Formula F1, One. F1 or NASCAR. It depends on, <laughs> it depends uh, what, on what kind of drama weekend. you want. Yeah. yeah. But one one gets drunk on fine wine. The other gets drunk on... Natty Lights. Natty Lights and uh, whatever hooch they can find. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I I just... You were floored after this qualification. You go, this is a shellacking and qualification, but I don't think it had set in for me how good it was until the sprint race. Right, because... As a disc, as a as a consequence for Lewis, because it was an illegal wing, yeah. he was disqualified, and he absolutely cheated. We're not well. We're gonna get. We're gonna. Get, well, I don't know if he himself cheated, but it was an illegal wing. It was an illegal wing, wing, and you never know, like, if something were to happen point, to it or point four. That is such could be a and it's the same wing he error. used in Mexico. Correct. So it could have just been a carryover. Anyway, um, he starts from the back in the sprint race. He. And the sprint race itself, very racy. It was very. It good. was a lot, a le- an electric. I can't even remember how many laps it was, but it was absolutely on edge. Yeah. Um. And Lewis goes from the back of the pack to fifth. It was how many? Twenty four laps. Twenty four laps. Back of the pack to fifth in twenty four laps. And I rem- if I remember correctly, on the first lap he passed like four people on the launch alone. It was it was absolutely insane. All his launches were really good. The Mercedes all Mercedes power unit. Um. Like uh, cars this weekend Mm -hmm. had amazing launches. I think that engine was really breathing well in the air. Um, You know, like uh, in the race itself, Lando had some issues, but we'll get back to that. So he gets up to fifth place. Um, And then Mercedes decides to take an engine penalty and give him a new internal combustion engine. So he's going to start the race from 10th. Right. He's going to drop down to 10th. Now, this is where we get into 
why is Mercedes that fast? Because you looked at their engine in the sprint race and you said you went from the championship is over to Lewis could very well win this thing. At least if you're a rational F1 fan, because I did too, I went, oh, Lewis, I kind of expect him to win tomorrow. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it, it was different because honestly, I was still of the mind, well, he's, you know, it's a sprint race. You know, there's going to be shenanigans. I'm not that worried. I think it's going to be a Red Bull cakewalk because it just it did it did not happen that way it felt different during the sprint race especially when lewis is making moves on guys who are giving him dirty air and he didn't have drs and he is blasting by them like they are standing still and that was on his old engine yeah where did the new engine come from is the question and i think i know the answer because i see a lot of those same f1 fans that are making twitter hard to read sometimes guys this much salt in your systems isn't good for no, your heart goodness uh, cardiologists will recommend against it tim, i recommend hydration tim and i are of the exact same mentality f1 is the most fun to watch when you don't really have a strong horse in the race correct i'm a strong backer of mclaren so my heart was broken early on mm-hmm. um you know when we started the race uh lando got an insane start Mm-hmm. And Carlos didn't. And so going into turn one, uh, he tried to go around the outside of Carlos and got taken out. Yeah. So end of the day for him. End of the day for him. But your heart was broken, so you don't really have a horse in this race. I didn't You're have just a horse watching in this. I got to sit back and just watch because the front end, eh. Yeah. You know, it hasn't been great, but today it was great, or yesterday it was great. So I'm going to attempt to move into this for like the third time. Sorry, why, why sorry, is, sorry, why sorry. Why is Mercedes back so fast? Well, Tim, I'm going to I'm gonna talk this to or through to you. I don't know if you saw me and Dylan texting about this. But or I, I put, actually I, muted you guys. I, I put a tweet out. Yeah, because you had to watch the race on a delay. Yep. Uh, I put out a tweet as well. Between Russia, Turkey, and the United States, Valtteri Botas got three engines in three consecutive races. And Botas, you might remember, is at six engines this year, most in the field, right? Now, if you, you know, he's basically used two years worth of engines in one, less than a year. Right in, in less than a month, yeah. Yeah, in less than, not, not wrong. So in the last four races going into this, he had had three different engines. And Botas did not have engine blowups. That's not why like, he lost in Mexico or he wasn't good. And he, his engines were theoretically fine. That wasn't. That was totally a consequence. That was Mercedes actively doing research and development in front of all of our eyes, doing basically a year's worth of here's a new engine, here's our data, let's take it back, redesign, give it to Botas. He'll take another five grid, five uh, grid places worth of penalties. We're going to have him run the race, take our data, redesign a new engine, stick it back in. He'll take five races worth of penalties or five grid places worth of penalties and we'll come back. And now all of a sudden we have basically a year's, a season's worth of R&D done in a month, and then we make this huge technological, like, seemingly nearish 100-horsepower leap for Lewis Hamilton in one engine. And That's where it comes from. And I'm curious because that kind of thing is no-no this year. You know, we're supposed to be almost frozen. We're almost there. Mm, well, well I, but, I, you know, in any case, that looked racy. It looked strong. Um, now, I should add that I don't really have any insider information on this, but I do – it makes too much sense. Why would you have Botas go through six engines when he never had really an engine failure between those three races? Right. So, who knows? Where it might, the, might get interesting. And that's that's also why it's like, well, Mercedes was clearly running an illegal car this weekend. Well, they got caught with a slightly illegal wing, which is really not 
I was going to say, it was barely illegal. In the grand consequence of things, I've seen many, many, many more cars, even over the last three or four years that were more illegal than that. Right. Um, that's where that speed comes from. I don't think that speed comes from cheating. I think it comes from uh, a massive amount of R&D that they pushed right under our nose. Right. And, well, in, yeah, right in front of our face. And Toto, the uh, new... Uh, he got some education designation today. Mm-hmm. The new professor. Oh yeah, hey, he's a doctor. Toto Wolf is a doctor. I what, did he get a doctor? doctor? I'm not sure. Uh, we'll we'll find that out. Professor Emeritus, something like that. Go. Oh, can we do Doctor Professor Toto and Sir Lewis? There we go. <laughs> the professor in the night. The. Pro- <laughs> hey, that there we go. That's the uh, that's the name of the show. That's the name of today's show. You're he, hearing this live. He he actually is. He's a doctor. So do, is a it doctor. the doctor in the night? Or the, the doctor in the night. The yes. doctor in the night. So because uh, <laughs> he finessed, he finessed that engine. That sounds um, like a top level Batman comic, the doctor in the night. Thomas Wayne, Dr. Thomas go. Wayne. Hey, DC, call us. Yeah, call us. Um, I have a great pitch for a Batman movie. Oh, my God. You've heard it 30 times. Oh, geez. So anyway. does Zack Snyder. Anyway, so... That all happens, and the start of the race, Lewis starts to make a charge. Within, like, about 10 laps, he's already in the top three. Yeah, well, it yeah, was so he, was fast. In the top, he was in the top five, I think it was three or four laps in. It was insane, and and they are dueling back and forth. They try uh, the undercut uh, initially, and they start to get ahead. Uh, Max insists that they cannot be undercut again, so they try to, Red Bull tried to undercut Mercedes. It doesn't quite work out. He's always within about a second, maybe a second and a third. And then do you want to take us through the duel later in the later stages? Yeah, so, so at this point, Verstappen is, and I mean this literally, not literally, but I mean this very figuratively, but very strongly he is clinging for life in this race there is no way that he he knows he is not faster than mercedes he knows he's not faster than lewis at least and he is very much just trying to play defensive driving and this is why this race gets an a plus from me because it feels like i mean at about lap 40 this feels like uh you're watching an actual honest-to-God battle for a championship, which even though we've had a championship battle this year, doesn't— It's not like this. We haven't had that kind of duel, right? No. And I— And it was it was close. You know, they were—it was respectful this time, which yes. was nice. So— um, You know, Max did, in that, in that one turn, run wide. I didn't think a whole lot of it. I thought he just over—completely overcooked it. Yeah. And to trying to defend too hard and push them both wide. Yeah. So let's let's talk then. Uh, let's let's run through this. So, uh, so yeah. So uh, coming out of kind of the turn fifteen kink, uh, you have a front stretch, then you have a left right left, which is the Senna S curve to Soul. The third turn is a long flat out uh, left hander into the straight up Austin straight, and then four and five. Uh, is the Decida de Lago, which is kind of your turn into the twisty bit of the infield. This is important because it sets up a couple things. First off, the 15 to 1, that front strat is DRS zone. Then you have basically a high-speed downhill chicane, which is the Cine S's, right, into another uh, DRS straight. So this allows you, if you take your pass on the front stretch, the guy you just passed, he is going to be less than a second behind you. He can get you right back on the front stretch. So this is kind of a, a thought that goes into a lot of these decisions. However, on the front stretch, I think Max knew 
that he couldn't catch him on the backstretch, right? Which, again, is only three turns away, two if you actually count breaking zones. Um, so he, Max takes the inside, and in a very, very similar move to what happened at Silverstone earlier this year, Max breaks so late, I don't think he had any intention of making that corner. He knew he was not making that corner. It's hard to say because the FIA did not allow us to see on board of that uh, for some reason. I was going to say, that was kind of odd. Which even the announcers were like, I would like to see that because it looks to me like he pushed him off. Here's the difference between Lewis and Max. Lewis in Silverstone made that proposition of you back off because the door is going to shut or we both go out, right? Max does not. And Max now, just does it. Yeah, Max just do, Max does not I back just, off. He wrecks in Silverstone. Here, Lewis does back off. Barely. But he goes wide. Yeah, he goes wide Quite a bit, right. Yeah. Good news that uh, Interlagos has that runoff, mm-hmm. um, and he was able to do that. If it were Sebastian Vettel a couple of years ago, like in Canada, that would have been a penalty. Remember when he rejoined unsafely? Barely. That, yeah, I, I'm still mad about that. But so, I, I do think, let's talk with us for a second, though, because Max sends it along the inside. He probably should have, I think he should have got a penalty for it. Do you? Was that a penalty-worthy move? Because I'm going, uh, yeah, it was very much a penalty-worthy move. I I think it, if, the, I think they hesitated to. I didn't see any intention. It is peculiar that we don't see the onboard. I didn't see – I kind of saw him going way too deep, and then he was on clapped-out tires. Yeah. Um, I think personally that it should have been reviewed, but the thing is they probably lost their nerve given the political vitriol that's around it. I And I would say so too. I think it's a textbook penalty, and I'm going to use a sports analogy like I've been known to do here. It's a textbook penalty in the regular season. This we're playing postseason hockey here, where refs swallow their whistles and they go, "Oh well, you know, you gotta let the boys fight. This is for the Stanley Cup. They're gonna have to earn it instead of me interjecting into this championship." I think that really did come to play. I completely agree because not everyone is Angel Hernandez. <laughs> if anybody, if anybody needs to Tim understand Peel. that joke, Tim Peel is the uh, the hockey equivalent. But carry on. Uh, there you go. If anybody needs to understand those jokes, please go Google. Go Google Angel Hernandez. Yep. So, but, yeah, they ran wide. Yeah, they ran wide. Uh, We will talk about uh, the rest of the race after this short break from our sponsors. We'll be back on the other side of this. The Formation Lap with Luke and Tim. The Formation Lap. Welcome back to the Formation Lab from the 101 ESPN Studios, home of a signed picture of Nikita Matsupin for apparently meme purposes. Back to the Sao Paulo GP. You remember what I was talking about uh, where I said I think they're renaming all the GPs. They're going to start to do that after the city they're in because they want to sell the tourism to the city. And the American GP sounds cool until you realize it's in Austin. Not that it's a bad city, but you picture something a little more glamorous. This was the Sao Paulo GP and not the Brazilian GP. Interesting. Subtle changes. And it makes it seem a little less grand, doesn't it? A little bit. Uh, So we were talking and, uh, you know, that is when Lewis pushes Max off the track, and we said that... The, you mean Max pushes Lewis. Or yeah, Max pushes Lewis. Shoot. Scratch that. Reverse, reverse it. Reverse. 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 Anyway, um, 
Max pushes Lewis off the track. We said that, you know, I'm okay with the stewards kind of being like, yeah, let the boys settle it. This is championship on the line. And I am of the opinion that, like, a bit of this is to game manage, right? Like, you can't – you need to let the game or the sport decide its own championship without penalties at a certain point. And, you know, let's also be honest. It, it, crowds can get rowdy. They can. And, you know, personnel can fear for their this, safety. This is where, by the way, online, uh, everything, like, it was like they dropped a nuclear bomb on the Formula One fandoms. Uh, because yeah. this was, this made scrolling through posts uh, on Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, what have you, it was nigh on unreadable. I texted you guys. I, You might have had me on mute at that point, but I texted Dylan. I'm like, don't even bother going. It's it's bad. <laughs> it, was, it, it was bad. Well, and I, I'm like, it can't be that bad, guys. I checked it this morning uh, when I first got to work, and I got sad. It was so you bad. You know, I get, I get to work. I'm, I'm usually about 30 to 45 yeah. minutes early. And I'm like, you know, I'll just check this out. I'm like, oh, oh. wow. And people will say, well, people hate people hated Vettel back then. The Vettel hate was not the same as what this is. It was nowhere near. Well, as a society, our discourse over the last 18 months has gone downhill. Indeed, from 2016 on, it has not been good. You could see signs of it going back to like 2010 or so. Yeah, you could see signs of it. But but, uh, now... It's been bad. Yeah. yeah, I read this interesting thing where, uh, and don't worry, I will make it attach. Hang on, let me take a little bit of a troll, a little walk. All right, walk me through it here, baby. I, I talked to a doctor recently, and he said one of the saddest things he knows is that uh, when someone has Alzheimer's and they come and they present with Alzheimer's, there is no treating it. They should have been treated 20 years ago to stave off what they're suffering now. At this point, their brain is mush. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they're if they're 60 and they started, they but they couldn't tell because the brain was working overtime to compensate. So you can't really tell the subtle signs, but you probably had it for the last 20 years. It's the same thing with our, our discourse. At, at this point, it's all gone. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're completely done. We And we should have been treating this, I don't know, 20 years ago. Yeah. So that is my point that as a as a society, it's all completely broken down. There's no fixing it. Just give up. We're uh, we're on the ride down, baby. Yeah, and the Formula One fandom, uh, no different uh, for that uh, for that. Uh, and I think that comes there, with rapid. Actually, yeah, there are actually hardly any exceptions. Like yeah. IndyCar fans can get pretty uh, iffy too. I used to like the F1 subreddit better than the IndyCar subreddit. The IndyCar subreddit seems more uh, community focused now than F1 does. They worked hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, but uh, so F1, I mean like a nuclear bomb, because at this point you can go, well, Max cheated and pushed Lewis off and, the, you know, he wasn't penalized. But Lewis also cheated by having a slightly Ill- illegal wing uh, and, and he should have been punished. I'm not a Lewis fanboy, but I come out of this weekend sounding like a Lewis fanboy. Lewis was punished and Max wasn't. And I think Max's was the bigger of the two, you know, egregious, the bigger of the two uh, incidents, shall we say. But at the same time, I'm glad Max didn't get punished because it gave us a phenomenal end to the race. I completely agree. Um, you know, the the end of the race was really, really good. There were, and the thing is, is that going into a, an end of a race and you know someone has a time penalty, it sucks because you're like, no matter what, yeah, 
this is an artificial ending. So, yeah, no, it was a really great ending. As uh, Lewis Hamilton overtakes Max Verstappen, and uh, he, with about 10 laps to go, Lewis Hamilton opens up, I mean, a 10.5-second gap on Max. It was, and And, we were just saying this last week. Yeah. It was a 14-second, or a 16-second gap with Max, and now it's a 10-second gap with Lewis at a track where Red Bull should have done pretty doggone well. Yeah. You know, so. So the, the... the standings, I mean, they aren't pretty, all right, but I will tell you right now that if Lewis is going to have that this kind of engine uh, as he is, let me count here, 19 point, no, no, yeah, 19 points out of first, out of first. Well, uh, here, let me, let me pull it up. Okay, yeah, we, I, I'm we looking put, at it. Put, I just can't do put, math. Put F8 here and uh, <laughs> mark this down for some uh, loving. <laughs> Yeah, four points. Okay, there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> We're leaving that in because they need to know that we can't. Yeah, no, you can't. It's 14 points. He uh, is not yeah, 19, right. 14. Oh, my gosh. Nice. You have number, di- number dyslexia. Good. That's why you got me would here, you bud. Be- would you, okay, one, would you believe I announce drag racing for a living, which is literally only all- numbers? It's why, only numbers. Just call me. I can get this done. This is easy. You need this to announce for- drag racing to me because no. So, for so, for some reason I can I, I can look at like I can look like a 38872 and I can look at like a 36 you know 85 and be like oh this uh, this much of a gap over on the right hand lane now the difference between the two launches is it's all numbers but right. when I look at when I look at points I have to bust out a calculator because I'm I'm half TikTok or you're doing <laughs> or you're doing the 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 fingers on your yeah. you know counting thing I was a physics major what happened to me were you really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I was a physics major before I realized, like, that makes a whole I, lot wasn't, more sense. I wasn't enjoying myself. Uh, personal story time. I wasn't enjoying myself in that, um, so I went to the guidance counselor, and I said, I just know I don't want to do physics for the rest of my life. I love it, but I can't do it every day. And she goes, well, why don't we throw you in the radio program since you like to talk a lot while you decide what you want to do with your life? And I said, that sounds fun for now. And then you just stayed there. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my entire career. But yeah. Anyway. I will say- I think that is also why uh, currently we are seeing the great resignation. Go on. I think we are seeing a whole lot of people with who had a whole lot of hobbies going into COVID and have realized just how short life is yeah. and have looked at their current corporate job and said, no, the unknown is better. I'm going to take the leap. I would be tending to agree. You don't realize how great life is or also or how could be or could be. And you also don't realize how draining work is until you've been gone for a little bit. As two men who are gambling on ourselves currently, we can attest to this. Cheers, baby. Cheers. Uh, nothing that will shake up the show for now, but no, we're gambling. Anyway, so... Forever. We're just gambling. Yeah, we're gambling. Anyway, so... I, I hope, I hope Hamilton, calls me. I think, has the advantage here. And there's been people who say, well, with the extra horsepower they have, they could just put a new engine in, start five grid positions down, and be done, like, win the every race. And while I agree with that, I also don't think that's a flaw in the system. You remember the five grid place drop uh, was due to Honda engines not being competitive back in the day. (laughs) You mean the endless drops they had? Yeah. You know, oh, Jensen Button has a 97 place grid penalty. He's going to start from the back. GP2. 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 And I mean, honestly, that is down to McLaren. Yeah. Because clearly Red Bull's made it work. 
Yeah. Quickly. Uh, but what I'm saying, though, is is Mercedes could do that, but I don't think that's a knock on Mercedes. I just think Mercedes built an engine that's so powerful that it happens to break f one system of rules. Because if you're drawing that, you don't really think that you can introduce an engine that's so powerful that it immediately jumps five grid positions like it was nothing in 10 laps. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that's on Mercedes. I just think that that's... They managed to build a, such an impressive engine by doing Valtteri Botas dirty. Botas walked so Lewis could run. You heard it here fo- first, folks. Exactly. But I just, I, I can't, I don't think Lewis is going to do that. I think they're going to ride this sucker because a brand new engine, the, the engine next, you know, the engine at the next race in Qatar or Qatar, Qatar. Qatar, yeah. Uh, we Drew say Qatar. Qatar. I've heard Qatar. I've heard Qatar on F1. I've heard it all. We're going to say Qatar because that's how. As a cycling fan, I, I'm used to the tour of Qatar that started back in like. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm pretty 2007? sure. I'm pretty sure that's officially how you say it in, in like American English. So we're going to say Qatar. Got anyway, it. but uh, going into Qatar, I think that five grid place is going to be more important. And also one race is not enough to make this ineffective engine. No. It is just that powerful, folks. And I hate if you're a Red Bull fan and you're starting to see, like, some writing on the wall. You're starting to dread it. But as a neutral observer, uh, I I would be vastly disappointed if Max Verstappen walked away with these final races. And I'll be darned if Mercedes isn't going down. And as as our NFL coach would say, he's going to bite the kneecaps on the way down, man. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> Uh, and I just did some Googling. Okay. Um, please, cycling fans, don't get too mad at me. I realize now in my error that the race was canceled back in 2017. But here's the thing. Rightly so. The racing wasn't that good, and the cyclist nearly died in the heat. So take it easy. Yeah. Uh, it ran for 15 years. You had 15 years. Bring back the Amgen Tour, tour of California. Doggone it. Uh, go cycle in wine countries. That, that's basically where cycling no, should they, always be. Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, it was really cool going down Highway 1, seeing a bike race going over that bridge. Oh, that I, was awesome. I said they should go over the Malab Viaduct, but, you know, that's my yeah. engineering. You saw yep. that picture. That's a I cool did. bridge. That is a very cool bridge. Anyway, let's talk about Qatar. Let's. Okay. It's the, hot. It's, yeah, in the, it's in the desert. Yeah, the Low Sail <laughs> International Circuit. I actually come here, I would say, maybe a little more informed than Soul Formula 1 fans because I've been watching MotoGP for a hot second. Uh and, like, I don't want to be like, I've played it in the game, so I know more. But, like, I've played it enough in the games to be, like, familiar with this track uh, beyond just the layout. And uh, I really dislike this track. It is it is a rough track. Before it, we launch off, we did announce, I was Googling, we did say that Lewis won, right? Lewis won the race? Yes. Oh, I mean, I think we did. But if you're listening to this review and you and haven't we, seen the race, go watch it. Because we gave it an A+. plus. Yes, we did. Uh, <laughs> I completely agree with Luke. It was an A-plus race. That is a classic. That is a Lewis statement. That's, that, a, that's, a, that's a Lewis win that's going to be on his career highlights. Oh, 150%. Coming from 10th place all the way to win by a 10-second gap, yeah. he gapped him. It's, it's crazy to me that Lewis, in his last two years, um, ha- well, last two to three years, theoretically at the end of his driver lifespan coming close to it right he's he's old there's no way around it right right but coming to the natural in, conclusion of he's closer to the end than the beginning right it's crazy how many statement wins that you think of when you think of lewis hamilton he has uh the, the british gp in 20 was it 2019 and 2019 where he blew the tire or yeah. 20 was that 2020 he, or is that 2019 uh that was 2020, 2020 that was COVID right yeah because there's no, nobody there, there. No stands. 
where he blew the tire and completed half a race. You have Turkey. Half a lap on three wheels. Yeah, yeah. half a lap on three wheels. What did I say? My word. Anyway, that's uh, you have Turkey, Turkey 2020, year. right? The same year. That is a classic Lewis drive where you can watch the onboards of him. You're going to see the highlight reel of him like wrestling an octopus trying to fight that car to victory. You're going to see him starting in P20 in a sprint race, and you're going to see a supercut of him passing two people, three people at a time, two people at a time, bam, 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 and then you're going to watch him race again, bam, bam. You're going to see a lot of late-era Lewis Hamilton highlights in his like He's, career highlight video. He, he is aging like a fine wine. He really it is, is great. And I, I will say, Damon Hill came out with high praise and said, that was the finest drive I've ever seen. And I, I completely agree. He wore a Senna tribute helmet, and he felt Senna-esque. He had that, that did feel Senna-esque. So I think... I think our uh, uh, the title of the episode. I take it back from whatever I said before. Uh, Doctors and knights. Doctors and knights. It should also be. We ran out of superlatives. No more superlatives. Or we're just out of them. Ah, We need new words. We'll workshop it. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, let's talk about low sale. But but, uh, yeah, low sale. Oh boy. (sighs) Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna tell tell you right now, just on my time in like uh, MotoGP games. I think good corners are corners where you kind of have to push, you you have to play with the throttle a little bit, right? Um, any corner you can take flat heel toe, out. Heel toe. Heel toe, heel toe, right. Any corner that you can, you just hit a braking zone, turn, hit the apex, and accelerate out of it is, it's not a bad corner, but it's just a corner, right? Good corners to me uh, are either overtaking opportunities, A, or B, they are corners in which you really have to find the car. Yes. Losale has... None of that. None of them. Um, let me walk you through the track here. Corner, uh, you're going to have a 1.1 kilometer front straight, right? I, which, I by the way... Pull that. Yeah, I was going to say, by the way, the DRS zone for this is the entire straight, which should tell you how easily they think the cars are going to... The, how easily they think the cars are going to be able to follow each other. Not very. Not very. Um, <laughs> the race will be Saturday. Yeah, no. And here's the thing. It's this Saturday. It is this Saturday. Triple this, header. This transition from yeah. South America and the Americans... Indeed, the American zone all the way back to the Middle East is going to be so punishing. If you're going to have a triple header... I don't understand why people you wouldn't local. have have Austin, Mexico City back to back. And I know people are like, but this is close. I'm telling you right now, um, Mexicans will probably come to the United States to watch Austin GP, and some Texans will probably go to Mexican GP. But I really don't think too many Americans would go to Mexico City to watch a GP. I feel like that's a very different crowd, just in terms of Mexico City is the closest place to America where you can get culture shock on the same level as you going to like middle of like Tokyo. Right, because it's just culturally different. so different, right? Yeah. So I don't, I don't think there's really any like, I don't think there would be too much of conflict if you just ran Austin, if you ran, if you want to do a triple header, you go Austin, Austin Mexico, Mexico City, Brazil, Brazil, Brazil. Bam, 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 triple header. That's fine. And Austin and Brazil, or Austin, Mexico City, you'd be surprised at how that's different two very be. different markets. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but going from Mexico City to Sao Paulo. To, to Qatar? Qatar is too much. Bruh. I, I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, what's the start time? Like 2 a.m. our time? I believe so. Uh, let me. We're look. in the Central Standard Time Zone yeah. where uh, we've been, you know, cooking with gas for the last few ones. Ooh, that's brutal. 
Yeah, it's it's going to be tough. So let me talk through uh, this track, shall I? You have a huge front stretch with exactly one grandstand alongside the front stretch. Uh, we'll get into that later uh, because that is interesting. Into turn one, which is not a hairpin. That is not a hairpin turn. It is a U-turn. Yes. But it is not like a heavy braking U-turn. <clears throat> I remember during playing some games, it doesn't feel like it, it's it doesn't a very feel like a lot. It's a long turn, yes. if that makes sense. It's a long turn where you 180. It's a bit like going, um, what's the downhill corner on Spa? After you get off the Kimmel straight, you go through a little shoop, 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 the no-name corner. Right. Right? You know what I'm talking about? The yes. no-name corner where it's just like technically it's a U-turn and like theoretically it's a hairpin, but it's really not a hairpin. It's right. just a long right-hand turn. Yep. This one is a long right-hand turn, flat as a pancake, short straight, into a long left-hand turn that is flat as a pancake, into a kink in three, into a short straight, into a kind of rounded off 90 degree, into another rounded off 90 degree right-hander. So, so far, you just have some generic point-and-shoot corner. Like, I just... Generic point-and-shoot, and we get this and not Malaysia. I know, I know. I, you know, I know Malaysia caught some flack, but I love that track. Yeah. Just the, just the, the buildings... You know, the track itself is actually kind of fun for me. Uh, Malaysia, by the way, also, uh, you want to talk about the new gen of purpose-built Formula One tracks. That was the prototype yeah. to what we now see as a Formula One track. And to, the Tilka, it, that was the first Tilka drum. And, and it that wasn't half bad. And it worked really well. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, you know, and we do, we also don't get Australia. We don't get Montreal this year. We get Qatar. Qatar. Bruh. And the, the thing, too, is like, I can't describe, if you have MotoGP, uh, like 20 or MotoGP 21 or MotoGP 19, uh, any of the modern MotoGP games, first off, I'd recommend you go do them because the career mode there is actually really, really good for a series that isn't quite at the level of, like, you know, Formula One games. Uh, I would say in some areas it might actually be deeper than F1. In some areas, not so much. But in some areas, yes. Uh, anyway, but uh, I can't describe enough how much every turn is just a turn. Yeah. There is no joy in taking the downhill blast that like Spa has on the even on the no name corner, right? Or Blanchemont. There's no uh you know, thrill of blasting through the chicanes at a perfectly flat Canadian track, right? It is go on a short straight, hit a braking zone at a predetermined spot because you know where that spot is, you know, hit the brakes, let off the brakes, turn in, hit the gas. Until you hit the next one, and then hit the brakes, turn in, get on the gas. Like, there, there's nothing to it. The only corner I will say might be kind of fun is they have a a sort of wannabe half-assed turn eight in Turkey uh, in the 12, 13, 14 complex, which if you're playing on MotoGP, depending on the class, uh, you can take flat out or close to flat out, depending on if you're doing like Moto2 or GP or whatever. Anyway, 12, 13, 14 is basically uh, right-hand kink, right-hand kink, right-hand kink. So think like a right-hand turkey where it's a triple apex. Uh, the problem is is that turkey usually feeds into a really fast corner, or le- turkey feeds in not just to a fast corner, for ter- feeds into a straight with a kink on it, right? Uh, that one leads into a very short straight where you actually didn't have to hit the brakes for turn 15, so you don't carry that speed anywhere. No. Like, you can't... There's nothing to be gained because it's lost on the braking zone. And then a short straight onto 16. I'm sorry. I dozed off. I'm so yeah. I th- There's just... There's just nothing to it. No. Uh, I, I also pointed out this to you, uh, where 
F1 has a recent trend of the tracks that they visit or build are smaller than traditional tracks. Yes. In terms of attendance. Yes. And in fact, some of the tracks that they have have in attendance of like Baku, for example, right? More people show up to many IndyCar races than show up to the Baku GP. Yes. They seem to be getting smaller. I'll have to see what the Miami attendance is, but I'm willing to bet that it's not a ton, right? It's not going to be a Leviathan Stadium. No. This is, and I mean this honestly, probably the smallest, most minor league track I've ever seen in terms of where the stands are going to be. Oh, it's small. Permanent capacity of low-sales circuit is 8,000 people, and it's in one uh, grandstand on the front stretch, which is split into three sections. If you go to the uh, F1 tickets, all right? There's the B, A, and C uh, stands that don't even take up the full of the main straight. It's just a no, short they're, little... they're right in the middle. And they're tiny. Itty-bitty. I would say they're probably, what, uh, 340 meters long? If this is 1.1 kilometer that's, meters? It's tops. If that's 1.1 kilometers, yeah, 340 meters maybe. Yeah. And then there's the low-sail club, which is basically... And it doesn't look like they're very deep. It looks like they go like five or six rows deep. Yeah, uh, no, they're not super deep. Um, and then there's the low sail club, which is basically temp- those classic temporary grandstands that you see in a lot of places. But the low sail club, the picture that they're that they've pulled up basically uh, is for MotoGP. The picture that you find on the F1 ticket website that can't be what of a few thousand, like two, three thousand extra. If that, I'm, I mean, I'm counting. If we, if we, here, let me see that. Yeah, again. if you want to count the rows, I'm going to count. Yeah, maybe well, you, fifteen rows. Yeah. 15, 15 16 tops. Yeah, and it's and it's maybe like, I, I mean, it's one cohesive section, but it's maybe 40, 50 seats wide. I was going to say, it's, it, that is, that if that's 4,500 people, I'll be impressed. Right. So, like, it's, you're talking about a track that might not have 15,000 seats at it. And we went from the U.S., where mm-hmm. we had 400,000, to Mexico, where we had 380-some-odd thousand, to Brazil, where... They were everywhere. Yeah, that that crowd. I don't even want to. It guess. was electric through the TV. It might it might not have had the actual like attendance attendance, but like it 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 might have had the attendance the of the USGP. But that place was packed. Yes. People were hanging from rafters. Yeah, they were. And so now we go to Qatar. Um, and if if we are trying to as a sport trying to include places for tourism and stuff like this, this is not going to look good for Qatar. No, no. Uh, and it just it's not. Big man, it just mm-hmm. it the track is nothing. It's one of those classic like uh, Bahrain circuits. It's just out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, well, it's in the middle of Qatar, obviously, but it's in the desert, right? Um, Bahrain plays a little bit with the elevation. Low sail does not. Right. I would say the only tr- the only corner that I have on uh, Qatar. I still have a beef with us starting in Qatar or in Bahrain next year. I do too. Even it though do- it, it sucks because it I like that track. I love that. That's a good track ish. Fine. It's. It is on the it is on the good side of tracks this year, and you know it. <laughs> this year, because we're missing the 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 classics. That's fair. Montreal. <laughs> that's fair. Melbourne. The only corner I would say I would say I actually have any sort of like oh that's a little tricky is uh seven is kind of a turn uh, right. It's another one hundred eighty degree tur- right hand turn that's taken in a low gear, but is just dreadfully painfully long to get through. Uh, and then it jots left, and then it. It has a kink right that is flat out, but that sets you up for turn nine, which is kind of like a, a U-ish turn. Yeah. This little, it's almost a little tiny S section, but it's so short that it doesn't 
Yeah. It just here. Here's the thing. This race is most likely seventy five percent chance going to be terribly boring. It is. If if this turns into something, we will eat crow next week I happily. Will eat all the crow, but I think this That's is a like track position. Right? It's like fifteen rows deep. Yeah, we're looking. That could fit, that could fit like 10,000 10, people. We're looking at the front stretch stance, so like ten thousand people. But that's also the only absolute tippy top. So that's... fifteen twenty thousand people total. Yeah. Uh, ooh. I went dude, for for comparison. I went to a St. Louis Blues game last night, an NHL game, and I think that will probably end up having a higher attendance on the night of the event. Than on F1 a will Sunday, yeah. Then an F1 race will. Um, it's tiny, man. I just, it's a bad circuit. I just, yeah. I can't do it. I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, but uh, yeah, I think this is a this is a crucial track. I think it's going to come down to uh, track position is crucial. Is what I'm trying to say here. There's just no ifs, ands, and or buts about it. Yeah. Um, I think Lewis probably takes qualifying that long front straight, uh, as well as that engine hops on the yeah. power really quick I was right? say, yeah and it's and it's warmer where mercedes does pretty well mm-hmm. and if you look here there's plenty of opportunities for that instantaneous power kind of application to come out right yeah. because it's not one corner into another it's one easy corner into a short straight into another corner into a short straight into another corner right and those short straights i think that adds a little bit of an advantage for him to hop on the power it adds it's an advantage to Mercedes, and I just don't think that considering how many high and medium speed turns there are here, which usually I'm a fan of, but not here, uh, I just don't think that the dirty air is going to allow Max to do anything. So my prediction is Hamilton qualifies one, Verstappen two, Botas three, and we are going to see no change in the top three at the end of the race. Tim, are you on that page? or uh, I am. I was trying to check out Verstappen lead uh, before Brazil. Yeah, so Verstappen's lead before Brazil was 21 or two points. Um, But I just, I think what that would do, though, was it would take another uh, half the point away, and you'd be looking at a lot of of, uh, advantage to Mercedes as well. This is interesting. You want to talk about advantage to Mercedes, right? I think advantage to Mercedes here. We're not talking about Saudi Arabia yet. Saudi Arabia is a power track. Yes, it is. Very much so. Abu Dhabi might be the breaker. Yeah. I, which I would be impressed by. Yeah. Uh, so at Who this knows, point. At, at this point, it's now a toss-up. If Max had won yesterday, over. But now, who knows? Well, there's everything to look forward to. Tim and I will be here to you know, keep you abreast of all of the information. Oh, my God. Oh, now you're finally disappointed with me. I can't believe that you'd be disappointed with me at this. It took you an hour into the episode to be like, oh, Luke's a little immature. Really? You're going to dunk on me for that? No, I mean, no, it's taking me uh, this long. How long have we been doing this? Two or three years Look, at this point. And, and you just now? How like, many think episodes I'm, do you have think we that I'm, I can't believe what you're doing right here. I'm trying to wrap this thing up like nice and easy and you're getting on the phone.